This is Canada Reads American Style, featuring two friends who love Canada Reads and Canadian literature. Welcome our host, Rebecca from Michigan and Tara from Ontario. Hello, readers. This is Tara today. Uh, Rebecca is unable to join me, but I have the great honor of uh, interviewing the author, Jared Edson. So I'm going to start with a little bit of about Jared. Jared was born in St. John, New Brunswick, and raised in Canada. Oh, Jared, I meant to ask my husband how to pronounce this correctly <laughs> before I, I got on. Uh, Cannabacasis. Yeah, Cannabacasis. Yep. Cannabacasis. Sorry, I knew I was going to. That's okay. Valley in southern New Brunswick. By the time he graduated from high school in 1992, he had written 250 pages of a novel which is a great story, by the way. So if we can, I would love to hear more about that too. I think other people would like to know about your, um, how you came to writing in high school. Sure. So I'm going to ask you about that. Yeah. Uh, Jared graduated from Carleton in Ottawa in 2001 with a BA in English Lit and History, studied journalism in 2004 at Sheridan College in Oakville, Ontario, and received his teaching degree in 2007 from York University um, in Toronto. In terms of his writing, Jared received the David Adams Richards Prize for Fiction for his book, The Moon is Real, published in 2016, and his novel, The Goon, published in 2010, was shortlisted for the Relit Award. Jared currently lives in Mississauga, Ontario, with his wife and two daughters. Uh, The Boulevard is his sixth novel. It was published by Galleon Publishing in May 15, 2023. Welcome, Jared. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Oh, I'm so excited that you're here. So I was going to start with the book, but you know what? Because I really loved this story. Tell everyone how you came to writing in high school. I started writing. Okay. Um, I was in grade 12. And at the time, you didn't need math to graduate. You didn't need grade 12 math to graduate. Um, I was never, I shouldn't say I wasn't good at math. I just didn't apply myself at all in math. Um, and for whatever reason, I, I signed up for grade 12 math. I realized very quickly that it wasn't for me, uh, but not quick enough. Um, I couldn't uh, switch courses. So back then it was, um, it was semesters and it was an 80 minute classes, something like that. A really long time, over an hour, um, a class, which I had to go to every day. And I asked my teacher, I said, can I get out of this class? And she said, no, you can't leave. But um, if you show up every day, um, I'll give you no mark available. So it won't mess up your overall um, GPA. So I thought, great, that's perfect. So I showed up every single day. And uh, I can imagine sitting for an hour. I got pretty bored because I wasn't into the math. So, you know, when you're bored and you're maybe sitting on the phone, you're you're, um, sketching something with your left hand if you're right-handed I just started mm-hmm. doing that and I started writing a story like a, it was a pretty bad you know um, knights and dragons and um, I just started writing and I before I knew it I had a page or two uh, in left-handed scribble and then I turned to my right hand and just kept going and then turned into uh, my math class turned into my my favorite period in high school because I'd go and write for an hour every single day and uh, by the end of it, I had about a 250-page manuscript. Terrible, terrible manuscript, but it got me hooked. Yeah. And that was in 1992, and I haven't stopped writing since. See, that is such a cool story. So wait a minute. You wrote it longhand, 
in both mm-hmm. your with both your left hand and your right hand? No, I wrote it with my. Um, I started with my left hand. That was just to yeah. to kill the time. Okay. And uh, I I don't I can't remember now. I maybe had two or three pages done over the course of maybe a week with my left hand. <laughs> I was probably getting pretty good by that point. Uh, and then I decided, wow, I've got a story here. Where can I go? What can I do with this? So I just yeah. started writing it writing it out normal. And I bought a typewriter um, when I graduated high school. My parents gave me a, a typewriter as a as a gift for graduating. And, um, and I typed it all out that summer. Oh, that's very cool. That is a great, I want to call it a creation story. I don't know if that's it, but you know, the beginning, (laughs) it's really cool. Yeah. It got me hooked. Yeah. That's really cool. And which led to you writing. Now you're, you've got six books out. Do you want to start us off with a description of your latest book, The Boulevard? It's, it's been labeled as speculative fiction. For me, it's just another story that I wanted to tell. So whatever, however it's labeled, it's labeled. Um, you want me to tell like what it's about? Yeah, give us a little synopsis. Sure. So um, I can tell you the story about how I got the idea for the book. Oh, that would be great. It was during my time at Carleton. It was during the, it was 2000 or 2001. I can't quite remember exactly what year, but uh, it was during the Indigo takeover of Chapters. And I was working at Chapters in university. And that particular week, Heather Reisman, the CEO, the new, the new head honcho was coming into our store. So our boss for a week straight uh, was just in a panic to get the store looking absolutely perfect. I was in working a couple shifts that week and I worked in the fiction section and I came across you know, that desk calendar, the far side. Yeah. I was, I was flicking through, flicking through that. And I came across one with, uh, it was a cartoon of, of a door and had Satan on one side and a repairman on the other. And above the door, it was 999. And I'm paraphrasing, but the, the repairman says something along the lines of, I, I must have read this upside down. <laughs> and I, I literally had a moment with all that was going on at the store at the time. Thinking, what if what if God went to visit hell and Satan was in a bind to try to get hell looking perfect? And uh, that's where I, I, I got the first idea for it. I published five novels before I really wrote this one. Because I knew it was a big book, I knew it was a good idea, and I knew I certainly wasn't ready to write it. So I kind of tucked it in my back pocket, made notes for almost 15 years uh, before I really sat down to write it out. Okay, that's very cool. So in the book, we re- meet not only Satan, but it's populated by other literary, some literary figures and other well-known figures. I would love to give like just rhyme them all off for people, but I'm not going to, because I also think that they're like sweet little nuggets when you come across these little cameos. <laughs> I loved, I loved it so much, but we do meet Ernest Hemingway, yeah, Vincent Van Gogh, mm-hmm. and also Jean Reese. Right. Yeah. Like she's one of my favorites. Oh, she's one of my favorites too. So I was, I, like I said, I was just like thrilled every time we, we got to interact why these characters? Why these three people? Well, Hem- Hemingway, um, right after high school, I took off at West. I wasn't ready to go to university yet. I worked in hotels and things like that. And there was a, a night guy um, that, that worked in one of the hotels I was at. And he said to me, have you ever read Ernest Hemingway? I, I brought out my manuscript with me, this terrible manuscript I'd written in high school. <laughs> the only thing I had. And, um, and I, I hadn't heard of Hemingway at the time. So I got hooked on him. He taught me, he taught me everything, pretty much 90, 99% of what I know about writing comes from, from Hemingway. Um, so I've always had an obsession with him. Kind of the same with Van Gogh. I didn't quite study Van Gogh the way I did Hemingway. Um, but I just, I just love his art like so many people do. 
And once I, I had an opportunity to put those two people that had been in my life for the past, you know, 20 some years or oh, 30 years, I jumped on it, right? How can mm. I fit Hemingway in here? And it, once it was about Van Gogh, I needed a passenger for Satan to tell the story to. Well, why not Ernest Hemingway, right? Yeah. So it was, um, yeah, it, it was just an opportunity that came along that I, that I couldn't pass up. Yeah, I agree. I really loved your descriptions of all the paintings. So not only Van Gogh's, but other artists that he met along his way in his career. And such that I found that I had, I usually try not to have my phone beside me when I read, but I had to because I wanted to look at the pictures, the paintings, yeah. as you were describing them or as he was painting them. And so it just was like a, another layer to my reading, but your descriptions were beautiful. And I loved how you incorporated details from the story into the paintings. Yeah, um, that that was the fun part. I mean, going through uh, the Van Gogh letters, I've, I came up with a lot of ideas for um, different scenes in the book and how I could move forward with things. So that that was a lot of fun. Yeah, just kind of living the paintings. Was it um, Loving Vincent? That remarkable film that came out a few years back, where they, it was made up of I could be wrong, one hundred and eighty thousand paintings or something. It was so that was kind of my idea to get to get involved with the paintings in the story for sure. Yeah, it really brought them to life. And I've even, because you, he did a lot of portraits of the characters. Mm-hmm. And when I've gone, gone and looked at the portraits, they are, they are truly like their portraits are beautiful anyways, but I'm like, I feel like I know the person because of your book, like your oh. characters. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, well, the fun thing about the portraits was I can look at the port- portrait and, and think, imagine what had happened uh, while he was painting it. You know, I've, I've been in Gachet's garden in Auvers, so I've sat in that garden and and, um, and imagine where he might sit to do the painting with, the, you know, with um, Dr. Gachet leaning over the table. In, in Gachet's garden, they actually still have that table with the orange top. Okay. Um, so I got to stand in front of that. I mean, it was... It was pretty cool. So it's pretty, it, you're just looking at the painting. It's easy to imagine a story that took place around it while it was being painted, what conversations were taking place, um, where they were standing, things like that. With the, the church in Auvers, I, I positioned myself in what I thought would be the precise spot where Van Gogh painted it. And in one of the scenes, he, um, when he has a spell, he kind of leans up against a stone wall. Mm-hmm. And there was a stone wall there that I had never would have known had I not gone there. So it was a lot of fun to put, to immerse myself and imagine myself uh, there when those things were being painted. In the book, I found this quote, this really stuck out to me that you had Hemingway speak. And he says, the only obligation an artist has is to make people think. It's not to make them happy or sad or satisfied. Yeah, I like that one too. <laughs> yeah, I really like that. I'm like that. Because this afternoon as I was getting ready, I was flipping back through the book and I had underlined this and I'm like, oh, I've got to ask him just to say a couple words about it. Well, writing this kind of book, I thought it might be a little bit controversial. There is mm-hmm. some sympathy for Satan's character and, and just the, the nature of the whole thing. And the people being in hell, these two particular characters because of their suicides, as I'm writing the book, I thought, wow, there's, I'm trying to, that quote was basically me 
justifying it to myself um, that it's okay to write it, that if there's pushback or if I get criticized for it, it's okay. So that there's a few snippets in there. I'm kind of telling myself it's okay that I'm doing this. So mm-hmm. that was one of the things um, I thought about. My, my job is just to write a story that I want to write and anything else is out of my hands. Yeah. Was it, I'm just going to say, was it weird to write a fiction, like a f- work of fiction, but with real people? It wasn't weird. It was a lot of fun, right? Yeah. It, was, it was a lot of fun. The Hemingway character, I know Hemingway so well, there was virtually no research done on that character. Um, and it was, um, it, was, it was my version of Hemingway. I could have written him five different ways. And I wrote the stereotypical, you know, um, womanizer, brash, the drunk. Um, I could have written a totally different Hemingway if I wanted to. I just thought that worked. Van Gogh, I, I didn't really know his personality. So I, I kind of made him up as I, as I went along. Satan, on the other hand, was, I said in another interview a few weeks back, um, he's wondering what I was picturing with Satan. And I wanted to just write like a snooty CEO type, <laughs> you know, with, uh, you know, pedicured toes and feet. And, um, and once I did that, he was easy to write because I forgot about him being Satan. I didn't have to tell the reader, oh, this, you know, this is this evil, scary person or character. Um, it was just, I don't know. I, I don't, I don't really have a good answer for it. It's just yeah. so much fun to write those characters. No, that's a, that's a great answer. Cause I actually forgot that Satan was Satan. Like he was such a great character and I just wanted to hear his story. Yeah. That he was just someone who ran hell. Yeah. Like a CEO. That's right. Yeah. Oh my. Yeah. <laughs> With that's sorry. And- I'm like, Cling, just like <laughs> there it goes. Anyways, yeah, it was really cool. Okay, as I said, you are from New Brunswick. Mm-hmm. I'm from Newfoundland, but I went to school in New Brunswick, so I have a soft spot for New Brunswick. That's awesome. I did. I think I found some like little Easter eggs of New Brunswick in the book. Yeah, I had to find a way to get it in there. My first five books all take place in St. John. Mm-hmm. And, I know. I'm going to ask you about that. And how am I going to? How do I get a New Brunswick? in this book like how how do I do it and I I snuck in the purple violet our provincial flower there's one scene toward the end and and it's it's quite prominent it's the first it's the first flower that uh Satan picks up in the Garden of Eden Mm -hmm. it's the first um floral that um Van Gogh paints on the boulevard and he actually says um it reminds him of home so that's how I threw New Brunswick in there so I let the artists know Pamela Marie Pierce uh, from St. John. Amazing artist. Yeah, the cover's beautiful. Oh, it's it's amazing. I actually yeah. I actually bought the painting from her. Oh, <laughs> I, I don't blame you. It's beautiful. And she and I told her we um my publisher, um, Lee D. Thompson and I we decided it was more Lee than me. He decided let let's not give her any direction. He heard that she likes to have some direction and some input. And we're like, let's not do that. Let's just give her the manuscript and see what she comes back with. And over a period of a few months, we were kind of guessing and having fun and saying, "What you know? What's it going to be? Is it going to be this? Is it going to be that?" And and we were floored when we got this back, like almost like a, a, a these three characters sitting for a portrait. Yeah. And we did tell her about the flower being New Brunswick, incorporating New Brunswick into the book. So she actually put one of them on Satan's jacket on the cover, which was a lot of fun. Yeah. No, the cover is beautiful because I found myself every time I picked up the book, I keep looking at the cover like intently and you see these little details like she even has 
a blood stain on Van Gogh's shirt. Yeah, she asked if I wanted if I wanted that there, and I said absolutely. Yeah, and it's and it's if you look at it, it looks a little bit low because you think he shot, shot himself in the chest, but he actually shot mm-hmm. himself in the ad, abdomen. So she did things like. Uh, when Hemingway describes uh, Van Gogh, he likes him because he's a meat and potatoes guy. So she gave Hemingway um, the meat and potatoes colors, right? His shirt is yes. the of mashed potatoes and his pants are the meat, right? So she did, she did a great, great job on it. Yeah, it's beautiful. Okay, so speaking of New Brunswick, so your previous books, all five, are set largely in New Brunswick, right? Yep, in St. John. Okay, why? Why St. John? Uh, well, it's where I grew up. It's um, when I first, uh, like I said, I started writing um, that that fantasy. <laughs> Didn't know what I was doing, and when I sat down for the next one, I I, I forget. Wow, I almost it was like a time travel novel or something. It was terrible. Um, these are these are these never got published, <laughs> rightfully so. Um, but I, 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 if I remember correctly, I started writing about my neighborhood in uh, in KV in Canabacasis Valley, and and um, and from there, I found it easy to navigate through, you know, traveling to places that that I that I knew. So um, naturally, my next one, I think it was my fourth one that got published, was took place right in St. John, and traveling on foot. And if you know uptown St. John, it's a um, it's a beautiful city on the water. So there's so mm-hmm. many, you know, visually appealing places and you can go all on foot. So I, I got, I got kind of hooked on that. So I, I wrote five books and, and I kind of wrote it out of me. So I, I'm working on one now that's, that takes place in Streetsville, Ontario, where I live. Oh, and cool. I'm working on another one that takes place on the Kennebecasis River in the 1970s that I'm just finishing right now. So it's not in St. John, but it's in my neighborhood where I grew up. So yeah, yeah it's just easy to navigate. I'm looking forward to, I love that you have, so you're, I've just found you. This is my first book of yours that I've read. So I love that you have a backlist that I can return to, but it's really nice to hear that you're working on other books. So I have something new to look forward to as well. Yeah, I've got, I've got a lot in the cupboard right now. I've got a, a 500 page manuscript I'm rewriting for the fifth time. So it's pretty much ready to shop. And I've got my Streetsville novels, a 400 page manuscript that's I'm on the third draft of that. So that'll be ready in, you know, by the spring and I've got a novella that's all ready to go. So wow. nothing, nothing new yet for me. This has been a couple of years. So I've got lots, lots in the cupboard. You do because you're also a teacher, right? At the same time, you're not full-time writer. No, I wish I was a full-time writer. Yeah. That's coming in retirement in about nine years and counting. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I'm uh, I, I've taught, English and history and uh, French, and now I'm teaching phys ed, kind of where I get put. So I've oh, been wow. in phys ed for three years now, to um, kindergarten to grade five. It's that's an adventure in itself. One of the actually I... a teacher today, she said, "Why don't you write a book about our school?" And I said, "I don't write horror." <laughs> <laughs> I have a good friend who's a uh, kindergartner kindergartner teacher, and every time we get together, we're just like, "So what happened now?" And it's like, it, it is at times oh, horrific oh, and hilarious when I'm not the one living it. It's oh, quite funny. The stories. Yeah. I have a story today that I can't repeat. But <laughs> every day there's something crazy. Yeah. It's an adventure for sure. So I, I have to ask you, what do you like in a book? What do I like in a book? Yeah. Like I, what made me think of this is um, I had someone ask me when I finished this book and I loved it. They were like, well, what did you like about it? And I could list off. I'm like, 
well, he did this, this, and this, and I loved, loved it. Are there particular things you look for in a book when you're reading? I love good writing. Yeah. Right? I, I've judged a few short story contests and it's, it's always about the writing for me. It's not necessarily the plot. I might not like mm-hmm. the story, but if it's well-written, it'll win it for me. So a, a book that can just, that I can just absorb myself into, you know, that you just, you know, those books where you get into and, and you, you read for an hour or so and you look up and you forget you're in the room. Yeah. Like, those kinds of books. I'm not a book snob. I read everything. I don't read that much. I really don't. People think that I'm reading all the time. I'm really not. I've read a lot of books, mm-hmm. but I'm not someone who's got, you know, two or three books on the go all at once. I've got maybe one book at a time and I sit down every now and then and read it unless it's one that sucks me. And I've read the Hemingway's everything he's got like three times over, four times over, but yeah, a book that loses me. Wow. What are you reading currently? Uh, I'm reading uh, Shoeless Joe by uh, W.P. Kinsella, which was the um, the novel that was Field of Dreams. Yeah. That that was actually a, a short story uh, by Oberon Press uh, in Ottawa, where I published three novels with Oberon Press. And I actually spoke to W.P. Kinsella uh, before he died. He was on Facebook and I said, hey, I'm an Oberon writer too. And I, he might have wrote a line back to me. <laughs> so um, I'm reading that right now. It's a little bit different from the film. Yeah. Um, but it's but it's really good. I'm also reading Town That Forgot How to Breathe by Kenneth J. Harvey, a Newfoundland author, just because I've been talking so much about speculative fiction lately with this book. But I was like, I got to read this. Ken Harvey's amazing. It's so good. I have not read him. Oh, and, okay. Oh, I have to look that up because I love Newfoundland writers and that I'm not familiar with his work. Oh, I think he's I think he's, you know, like among the best out of Newfoundland for sure. Mm. Yeah. The town that forgot how to breathe. It okay. won the, um, I believe, I think it won the uh, Thomas Riddell. I'm not sure. Could be wrong on that. I'm writing it down right now. Any favorite authors? Uh, Hemingway, David Adams, Richards, Jean Reese. I love thriller writers like uh, Graham Greene, Frederick Forsythe. I love Charles Bukowski, his poems. So a whole slew of writers that are my favorites. That's awesome. Well, thank you, Jared, so much for joining us today. Thank you for having me. Happy reading, everyone. Thank you for joining us on our bookish journey. If you enjoyed this episode, please consider subscribing, rating, and reviewing Canada Reads American Style wherever you listen. You can connect with the podcast and Rebecca on Instagram at Canada Reads American Style and with Tara at On a Branch Reads. Until next time, keep reading. <laughs>